Today, our message is on Psalm 23. It's a pretty well-known psalm. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. And if you don't, we've got it on the screen for you. Um, But let's pray first, and then we'll read Psalm 23. Holy Spirit, would you come? God, we thank you that you're here with us this morning. Would you speak to us and through us, your people? And as our good shepherd, would you reveal to us how you love us? Speak to us about your leadership. And restore us where we need freedom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, Psalm 23 was originally written as a poem to be sung. So, a song. And the other day, Lucas and I, we were driving to work together. And on the radio station, they had a segment come on called The Story Behind the Song. It was super interesting. So, as soon as I got to work, I decided naturally, what else are you going to do at work? I just started Googling stories behind songs. And I got to tell you, I found one that was pretty interesting. So let me know if you guys know this song. We're going to play it for you. Do you guys know that song? That song clip that you just heard is of Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac from the 70s. And the lyrics of the chorus say, you can go your own way, you can call it another lonely day. Now, after Googling, this is what I found. The band's electric guitarist actually wrote this song, Go Your Own Way, after he had a really bad breakup with Stevie Nicks, the lead singer. And so this is what he says about this song. He says, I was completely devastated after the breakup, and yet I had to make hits for her. I had to do a lot of things for her that I really didn't want to do. There was a lot of pent-up frustration and anger towards Stevie and me. Cute, hey? And then Stevie Nicks, when she heard the song, she actually demanded that they change the lyrics, but the band didn't. And so this is what she says about the song. She says, every time those lyrics would come, I wanted to go over and kill him, and he knew it. Guys, They sang this song for like ages. They might still be singing it. I have no idea. And the article that I was reading of this story behind the song said, thankfully, the song has a nice beat, even though there's immense bitterness in the lyrics. Right? And so today, as we focus on the song of Psalm 23, as the fifth part of our Grow Message series, we're going to talk about the story behind it. The God who is our shepherd the good shepherd who loves us, the shepherd who restores us, and the shepherd who comes close to us. 
And so if you've ever felt restless or disappointed or just like heavy, there's good news for you today. Now, Psalm 23 and most of the Psalms were written by David. And as a king, or as a kid, well, he was a king eventually, I'll get there. (laughs) But as a kid and a teenager, David was actually a shepherd. So it gives him a lot of good insight onto both sheep and what it means to be a shepherd. And this is the same David that killed Goliath and who was a mighty warrior in battle. This is the same David who was a talented musician and then who later became became a king and united kingdoms after conquering them, like, of course. And that is the same David that God promised that a Messiah would come right through his family line. And that is the same David that God said was a man after his own heart. And we're not really sure when in his life he wrote Psalm 23. I mean, it could have been when he was king, or it could have been when he was on the battlefield, either after winning or after losing, or it could have been when he was hiding in a cave from King Saul who was trying to kill him. Like, things weren't always roses for this guy, which gives him a little bit of credibility, I would say. So anyway, let's start at the start of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. So the comparison here is pretty obvious. We are the sheep. God is the shepherd. But notice that the verse doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. It says the Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. And our, our good shepherd, he loves us so much that he knows that forced love is not love at all. Right? Like if he forced you to love him, that's not real. That's not love. That's not what he was looking for. And so he offers you and he offers me this invitation of salvation, of restoration, of relationship, and of leadership of our life as our shepherd. But it's ours to choose. And so today you have a choice. Is the Lord your shepherd? You get to choose. And when I was young, I made a decision to become a Christian and to give my life to Jesus. But as I grew up, like life gets more complicated. Am I the only one? There's like more areas of life. And so there was a lot more areas of life as I got older. And there are a lot more areas of life that I simply refuse to give leadership to Jesus of. Like, like I had pretty clear boundaries with Jesus. I'm not sure if everyone is as sassy in their prayer life as I am. Uh, either way, it's true. And so I was pretty clear, like, Jesus, you can have Sunday mornings and bad days. Like, that's it. I'm not interested in the rest. Like, I, I've actually seen what you've done with other people, and I'm going to say, like, hard pass right? Like people are suddenly having to do uncomfortable things or having to sacrifice their time or their money or they're having to like love people extravagantly that they don't know. Yuck. No, thank you. And sacrifice like their own desires. I just wasn't interested in any of it. And actually, I kind of remember this moment like a million years ago after Lucas and I were first married. And if it doesn't fit for you, don't follow me down this path, but maybe it will. And I remember this moment in our apartment after Lucas and I were first married, and I was saying to him, like, it feels like I'm trying to build my life like a house of cards. And, like, 
I can't mess it up because every time I do a little bit better, I got to start over again. So I'm building my house of cards. So I remember telling him, so if you could just not mess anything up, like don't do anything wrong, don't hang out with the wrong people, don't drink too much, don't do anything. And so I had built this house of cards that I was in control of. But let me tell you, gosh, there was no freedom in it. Not for him or for me. It was super unhappy. And so I'm glad to stand before you now 11 years later and say, like, I have so much more freedom now that I'm not building this house of cards. I don't know if anybody else can relate to that, but that was a bonus. <laughs> so, yeah, about 11 years ago, I managed to find myself in a completely desperate situation, asking God to just take my mess of a life, like, here's my hot mess, good luck. Like, let's see what you can do. I've, I haven't been able to do anything, so here, let's see. Anyway. Uh, I found a picture of someone else who tried their hand at being their own shepherd. Let's see if we have it. Guys! <laughs> this is a picture of Barack the sheep. This went viral in February 20 of or February of 2021. So if you were very bored during COVID, you probably saw this guy. And anyway, this is Barack, and they rescued him after roaming without a shepherd for seven years. This guy ended up being weighed down by 78 pounds of wool. That is 500 pairs of socks. So much wool that the wool actually, like, you see it? It hung over his eyes so he couldn't see. And not only that, the wool that hung over his eyes actually caused infection within his eyes. So even if it was moved, also couldn't see. Actually, they talked to Barack after he was rescued, and he said that Go Your Own Way was his favorite song. <laughs> Guys, sheep need to be taken care of, right? Could anyone else here relate to Barack? I mean, I can. I found myself with 78 pounds of weight from bad decisions that I was just going my own way, and it was bad. It affected my ability to see God clearly and hear him clearly. It's not that you can't, but it affects that, right? And actually, at one point, he had a tag on his ear that marked him as having a particular shepherd, but over time, it got torn out because of all the wool. You guys ever been there? They're like, I'm not really sure who my shepherd was in the first place. All right. Jesus says in John, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So this passage, it begs the question, have you given leadership of your life to someone who will ultimately abandon you? Or have you given it to wolves 
who secretly have it out for you. Or maybe just as bad, have you given it over to your wandering, constantly unsatisfied self? Are there areas of your life that you need to let Jesus take leadership of? When was the last time that you let Jesus take care of you? There's good news here today, like for real. You see, I think someone walked in here this morning with 78 pounds of heaviness that is obstructing their ability to clearly see and hear God. And if that is you today, you are going to leave this building 78 pounds lighter, and I believe it, with a new clarity that God loves you. And if that's you, in about 15 minutes, the prayer team is going to be right there. And I would encourage you to take them up on praying for you. Like, I know it sucks to come forward. It's not that comfortable. But it's important for, pay, for faith, and they know what they're doing. And God's here to meet you. All right. Next verse. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The shepherd restores us. All right, so here's the thing about sheep. They don't lay down. I know this because I had to read a book about it anyway. They do not lay down if they are scared, if they are fearful, if they are fighting with each other, if they are fighting with the prey, or if they are aggravated, or if they are hungry. Is it possible that God's soul restoration only comes after we give him access to our fears, to our conflicts, to our frustrations, and to our needs? Is it possible? You see, here at Fort City, we talk about how our souls can become all bound up with stuff like fear, unforgiveness, wounds, family sin patterns, and lies that we believe about ourselves. And we talk about how important it is to give God access to these places in our souls, allowing him to heal us, to restore us, and to free us. You see, rest, a laying down in green pastures, is a gift that God gives us as we trust him with our very souls. But you see, it's not always like sin that traps us up and binds us up. It's not always. Sometimes it's disappointments that trap us and bind us up. We will all be disappointed at some point in our lives, either with other people, with ourselves, or with God. That is life. And you've heard the phrase like death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, we should probably like add to it midlife crisis by a thousand disappointments. And we could probably have it as our tagline for our church. <laughs> you know, we're the right age. No pressure. But if we do not process our disappointments with God, we can end up so bound and trapped that we aren't really sure who we are anymore and we're not really sure who God is anymore and we're not really sure if he is good. But thankfully, the good shepherd, he restores us. 
When was the last time that you felt like your soul was restored or at least marginally healthy? If you would say today, like, I don't feel like I can lay down in green pastures. I have fear and conflict and frustrations and needs, and they're all just like swarming around me. There is good news. Jesus has rest. He has restoration. He has healing for you. So we're going to say in about 12 minutes. First, we'll pray together for the shepherd's rest to come to you. We'll do that first. But then the prayer team, it's it's going to be over here. And they'll be available to pray for you. It's here for you to choose. All right, next verse. A super exciting one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lastly, the shepherd comes close to us. And this psalm is, is one of the ones that's most used in funerals because of the promise of the imagery it gives of God being with us. You know, this verse doesn't tell us how we got to the valley of the shadow of death. Like, it doesn't say because you did something dumb. It doesn't say that. But nevertheless, God is with us, and it says, even though I walk through the valley, it leaves no question as to whether we will walk through it or not. But that when confronted with it, we don't need to fear because the good shepherd is with us. You know, shepherd, this good shepherd with his rod, it has like sharp glass and rocks on the end of it for him to protect his sheep from animals or prey that would harm them. And then when his staff, it has a crook on it to bring his sheep close. And you'll notice that Psalm 23, it starts out talking about God, just about him. The Lord is, he is, he is. But now here the language shifts. And we are talking directly to God. It's you and it's I language. You could almost assume that God comes even closer to us during hard times. Um, I grew up in Arkansas, right around Tornado Alley. And so I was pretty scared of storms and tornadoes as a kid. I mean, like I still am, it's not my favorite thing. Actually, I think my like fear of storms really helped jumpstart my prayer life. It's like, Jesus, please. Anyway, growing up, my dad, he was an interesting guy. He was funny. Man, he frustrated me sometimes. We're very similar, a little clashing. And I have this memory of him barbecuing on the back porch in the middle of a raging thunderstorm. Like, no lie. And what is most vivid in my memory is him talking, well, like talk yelling over the storm to me. And I'm not lying about this. Dads be crazy sometimes. Anyway, he's yelling at me and he's saying, you don't need to be worried. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. While holding a metal spatula in the middle of a lightning storm. Seriously. But that's something he would say to us kids often. Like, listen, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I know where I'm going. I know who Jesus is. Y'all don't be sad for me. Anyway, 
He knew who his good shepherd was. And he knew that when he would face death, that death wasn't the end. That death was just a shadow. That the end was heaven and his eternity was secure with his good father. His good father who was with him, not just in eternity, but also in the middle of annoying me while barbecuing, in the middle of a thunderstorm while holding a lightning rod. And in July of 2020, my dad passed away. It was rough. It was a valley of the shadow of death kind of time. Right, Jeff? But we all go through these kinds of times. And I got to tell you, one of the best things that my family and I did is that we would sit on the front porch. It's Arkansas. You gotta. We'd sit on the front porch in the morning and we'd read the Psalms. And whatever day it was, we would read that number Psalm and then we'd add 30, read that one, add 30, read that one, add 30, read that one until the end of the book. So today's readings would be Psalm 14, Psalm 44, 74, 104, 134. Man, I'm good at math. So you get the idea. Psalms is a prayer book. It's a gift from God, literally, that God has given you to teach you more about who he is, but also a way for you to pray to him. And as you read through several Psalms, you will likely find one that identifies with the situation that you're in. Not all of them are happy. I mean, some are. People are happy. But some of them are psalms of sorrow. And there's power in praying to God and giving him access to your sorrow. And Jesus knew this. We can read Jesus' crucifixion and death in Matthew 27, verse 46. And he says, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a quote from Psalm 22, the psalm right before the psalm we're reading today. In the most sorrowful time of Jesus' life, he turned to the psalms. And not just to the psalms, but to his father, the good shepherd. And so Psalm 23 teaches us that the good shepherd loves us, the shepherd restores us, the shepherd comes close to us. Which area do you need to receive from the shepherd today? Do you need to surrender the leadership of your life to your heavenly father? Do you need to bring your disappointments to Jesus to receive healing for your soul? Really, the only one who created your soul can heal it. Or do you need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you again as you walk through the valley? You guys remember our friend Barack from earlier, who was shepherdless for seven years with 78 pounds of heavy wool that affected his ability to see or hear or rest, that guy? Underneath all that wool was a very malnourished sheep on the brink of death. 
One article said the weight of the wool was nothing to be proud of. He might have been the most neglected sheep in the world. Anyway, here's a picture of Barack after he was rescued. I thought you might need to see it. If there was hope for Barack, there's hope for you. And if you walked in here today having been on the run from God, not giving him leadership of your life, there is no condemnation for you. He's here to meet with you today. And if you walked in here today with a spirit of heaviness, it is time to lay it down and receive God's rest. He is here for you. And if you walked here today and you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is close to you. And he's not unaware of your suffering. Jesus says in John, my sheep know my voice. It's a promise. We can hear his voice and we can sense him speaking. So we are going to take two minutes, if that, to pray and listen for God's voice. And we are going to ask God two questions. We're going to give him space to answer. These are the questions that we will ask him. you'll see a prayer after that you're invited to pray with me. You can close your eyes or not. You could choose to pray or not. This is not about religion. This is about relationship. All right, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for giving us the ability to hear a voice. Thank you that you are close and you desire to speak to your people. So in Jesus' name, may all other voices fall silent, that of self, others, and the enemy. Jesus, is there anything that is keeping me from full surrender to you? Jesus, when praying for myself, what things do you want me to ask you for? Jesus, I know there are areas of my life where I am not following you. Would you lead me today? Set aside my pride, and I give you my life. Please bless me. Reveal to me your love, your rest, and your protection. 